And that was The Smiths with the track called Girl Afraid from the album Hat Full of Hollow. I'm David Eastall and this is The C86 Show. Hello and welcome once again to another fun-filled show. Alongside all the usual quality music that I've been putting together, I caught up with the one and only Gary Kalau to find out more about the incredible heights and also some of the lows. That was um, what happens in the life of a musician and an artist in the dangerous world that is the music business. So I'll be bringing you that interview um, probably in four easy-to-digestible segments. And this week's is an absolute... Classic, actually. Um, and because we're feeling particularly excited about Gary Clell and it's good to still know that he's out there doing his thing, I thought we should start with that little classic that we all grew to love. Yes, the one and only Human Nature. Let 
There you go. The fantastic sound that is the, or was the Wailing Souls. And that was a track called Run Them Down from the album, making out Firehouse Rock. And um, you won't be disappointed because every song on that is a classic. And before that, we had our special guest. Yes, the one and only Gary Clow with a track called Human Nature that came out very, uh, probably a few years ago, decades in fact. And um, yes, he did once play at the University of East Anglia and I was there bopping up and down gyrating as I did. Anyway, this is David Eastall and this is the C86 show and this week it's going to be a bit more sort of, um, I suppose, a bit more dub, reggae and dance orientated because, like I said, I've got an interview with Gary Clell who I caught up with recently to find out more about the amazing world that is being a musician in the world of rock and roll. All sort of slightly um, dance, reggae and dub. But it's a fantastic interview and I'm particularly excited by it so I'm not going to put it right at the end because sometimes I do miss it. But anyway, to keep the party going and let's face it, we're all feeling particularly jolly at the moment. This is the KLF.
cream van. They have voyaged to the bottom of time. They have been to the place where the moo moo mate and the children still cry. Mine is a 99.
There you go, that's the sound of Dennis Brown, as if I need to tell you, and that's the track called Revolution. And before that, we had, oh yes, it was the KL, KLF. I should have tried to say that quicker, shouldn't I, really? And uh, that was Stand By The Jam, featuring the only, the one and only Tammy Wynette. I do love that uh, line at the end, Mines and 99. It all sounded so good, especially at the time. And uh, for those who are excited about the summer, and you should be, because it's been quite groovy so far, um, there is an amazing event that's happening at Houghton Hall, which is going to be between the 10th and the 13th of August, Houghton Hall in um, North Norfolk. And it's going to feature a huge amount of uh, ravey types, and including Adrian Sherwood, and uh, probably a bit of the spirit or the total spirit of the Omnu Sound sound system because we used to love that back in the 80s and we still do. And um, as you can gather from my exciting, slightly hyperventing, uh, hyperventilating nature, uh, this week it is the turn of Gary Clow as our special guest because I caught up with him a couple of weeks ago to find out more about his life in music because, uh, let's face it, he was... The, uh, well, not completely him on his own, but uh, the soundtrack to a lot of amazing events that uh, we all used to go to and enjoy immensely. So, um, like I said, this is David Eastall on the C86 Show. If you want to contact me, we do love your messages. Go to either Twitter or Facebook. Go to at C86 Show on Future Radio 107.8 FM. And um, like I said, I've got about four parts of the interview to come. But before that, um, I think I should play the other classic and he's got a lot, but um, we all used to love this one. You know that's from, that's from. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Beef, how low can I go? Hear the cattle cry, death row. Beef, how low can I go? Hear the cattle cry, death row.
death row. Deep, how low can you go? Hear the kind of cry, death row.
That is uh, Augustus Pablo, King Tubby Meets Rockers Uptown. And that one goes out to Roy and April, who I know love their reggae. And before that, we had Gary Clow and the track called Beef. This is David Eastall on the C86 show. And as you can tell, this week's uh, soundtrack has slightly gone from the indie pop to the more um, dub bravey sounds. Well, not really bravey at all, actually. Though I suppose the KLF was a bit. But anyway, um, I've got an interview with Gary Clow because he's the special guest this week, um, which I'll be bringing you right after this next track. This is Tackhead, as if it could be anybody else, and um, the wonderful Adrian Sherwood. And this is Ticking Time Bomb. Diffuse the ticking time bomb of tension, which could explode into a conflict. We were walking right on the edge. We were walking right on the edge. This world would be a pretty easy and fun place to live if everybody just mind his own business. We were walking right on the edge. We were walking right on the edge. Another explosion. Diffuse the ticking time bomb of tension. Get us into the boss, they scream without a throat, without a gun. There you go, that is uh, Tackhead, as if it could be anybody else in the track called Ticking Time Bomb from the album Friendly as a Hand Grenade. Now, this is my first part of the interview that I had with Gary Clare when I asked him about the early years. I did, I did, I did. I mean, the human nature thing was a complete fluke, if I'm honest with you, right? You know, what happened was that when the album, when I got signed to to RCA, um, that kind of Adrian had come up with this kind of thing where he'd taken, taken a speech or a, a snippet of a speech from Billy Graham. And I just got this phone call one day, right, saying, uh, Gary, you need to come up to the studio. And I, I, I said, he's then like, it's urgent. I, so I kind of went up there and they couldn't get clearance uh, from the Billy Graham Foundation or, or the organization of whatever he represents, right? And so they got me in there to do the same sort of thing then they got Alan, Mark Stewart, I think, wrote the lyrics, Let the Carnival Begin. Right. And then the whole thing started, and, they, and, they, and basically they, they really preferred my voice on it when they'd done the final mix. And, um, they, and then we added a few more lines, and then the whole thing really started coming together when Steve Osborne yeah. took Adrian's mix against my vocal, 
And then Steve Osborne and Paul Oakenfold done this kind of commercial, what became a kind of global record for a while. Well, it still is, funny enough. That record's still kind of like holding holding its head up all over the world. Yes. And that must be, you must be so pleased with that, because at the time you probably didn't realise it was going to have much longevity than a month. Well, I, at the time I was really worried. I, no, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. I mean, I, the original version that we did, right, I was already playing on the sound systems, right, and it, I knew it was going to be huge. Ball open fold. Um, I'd heard it, I think, when I supported Front 242 um, in the Astoria in London and was just completely blown away by it. So I kind of knew it was on the cards um, right. that something was going to go on with it, and and it was a great record. However, I got I I, I started thinking, my God, right? You know, I'm kind of going to become known as this kind of mad Bristolian preacher, <laughs> which <laughs> which seemed to kind of happen. But you know, now when I hear it back all these years later, I I, I really really just the fact that my voice is on it and and the delivery is really good, the music's really good, the mixing is really good. And it's you know what is it twenty seven years old and and I still play it occasionally when I when I do a sound system not yes. very often but I sometimes do because I just get people coming up to me going I want to hear human nature loud on a rig yes and you have to say yes and, you have and to I say and, and I quite and because it's such a powerful record and it's sending out such a great message yeah I, I, I'm I'm more than more than happy. He is more than happy, and so are we. So uh, there you go. That was the part of the first part of my interview with Gary Clow, who was talking about the, the um, hit single, and he had several, but that was Human Nature. Um, this is David Eastall on the C86 Show, and this is, well, I'll play one more track and then another part of the interview, because it is a fantastic interview, even I would say so. Um, this is Born for a Purpose. <laughs> Thank you. 
And this is a this is a fantastic version, but this is the twelve-inch dub version, which goes on for several days, which is brilliant. But um, time is running out. That is uh, the one and only Doctor Alamantado and the track called "Born for a Purpose." This is Dave Easter on the C eighty-six show, and this is the second part of my interview with Gary Clow. Well, absolutely. And if you look, if you look at what Adrian's doing now, right? I mean, he's been working with Pinch. He's he's the only sound system is going really really well again, right? He's I mean, he goes out there basically doing what I was doing with the Tackhead sound system. Um, and he's basically doing it now in 2017, but with some technology, not cassette decks. Yes. However, right, people have asked me to do gigs again. I was out in Belgium with the cassette decks. So the whole on you sound thing is just, it's like a living, breathing thing, really, because he's made, you know, to his credit, Adrian's made so many good records. I mean, his back catalogue. I mean, I think it's, it's got to be 120 albums or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and he's so good at what he does now, whether it's a live performance where he incorporates, like he did, the, uh, I, I noticed the other night, right, he had Croatian Rebel playing in London, and he was on the stage with them, you know, sending off samples with a, with a drumstick in there. So the only sound system, the Techhead sound system, and what I do now, which is nail it to the mask, right, is it's it's kind of like come full circle in a in a really sort of way. I'm taking outtakes of what I did with or recorded years ago from the cassettes. I've, my mates put them all through um, his own mixing desk in his studio in Portsmouth and cleaned them up where he where he could because a lot of them were rotting on a boat. And I've incorporated the new stuff that I'm doing uh, and parts of the outtakes from the Gary Clell sessions. And I've come up with this nail it to the mask sound system, right? And I've been doing gigs with that recently, right? And they've been going down re really well. So the whole thing is still alive and kicking. But going back to your, when you brought out your album, which had the big kind of hits on, which is the um, end of the century party, what happened after that for you? Well, no, after, and that came out on On You Sound, end of the century party. That was the, oh, take take time, I was kind of like, like the, the MC on it, right? The, the fully fully album that came under my own name was End of the Century Party, right? Yeah. And on the back of that, um, I, I went off, I think, you know, off doing gigs, and then Adrian had a, a quick way, and he said, the album's kicking off, Gary. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's being played a lot, right, on radio stations, London. Um, and then all of a sudden, I'm getting, like, offers to go to Australia with the whole thing, right? But after that, I got because of the Paul Oakenfold connection, saw me at this front 242, I got signed, and I did the Emotion Hooligan album. Yeah. And, that was and that's where that... Human Nature came from, and this is where, where we had a proper budget, because the rest, that you know, at the end of the century party was a mishmash of different rhythm sections from what Adrian had previously worked on, and then we got Keith Levine in, and Jow Wobble, and we came up with Beef. That, was, that song was written by me, Wobble, and Levine, yeah. right, and 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 then another one, a man's place on earth. Privatize the air was uh, a rhythm section that Adrian had, had already have. I can't remember from what what people, but then I wrote the music, uh, the track to that was was with Andy Fairley, who was a poet. He was on on New Sound, but he was a mate of mine, and we came up with privatizing the air. And I think Two Thieves and a Liar, the lyrics to that. So the, the whole the whole thing was 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 kind of like. A growing thing at the time, like you know, and, and then getting signed to RCA for me was a bonus because I had a, a wage to live on, and then I had a budget to take back to One New Sound. Yeah. And then Adrian was able to pull in basically all the Tackhead boys 
and various other um, brilliant musicians to create the album um, um, Emotional Hooligan. Which is a classic, so uh, there you go, go out and um, buy it, I'm sure it's somewhere. That was Gary Clow with the second part, and I've still got two more parts, and it's going to get even more interesting. But before we play any more of the interview, this is Adrian Sherwood and Toothay Thieves and Liar. This one's called Toothay and Liar. I've had a few dealings in the city, met a number of stockbrokers, and I can tell you in all my life I've never seen such dishonesty and greed. It's like a big betting shop, a bookies, a casino, where they're all screwing each other and the rest of the world. The devil is The CG wakes up with the devil. The devil is here in the city. From Jamaica, style score. Drum. There you go. That is um, Adrian Sherwood and the track called Two Thieves and a Liar. This is the third part of my interview with Gary Clow when I talk about the trickier part of uh, being a musician. Uh, I think it was, what, tw- tw- 12 years? Did you just say, that's it, I'm going to... Uh, well, it kind of like, look, you know, the bottom line, line was going. I was living in Brighton at the time. I was drinking loads, not out of unhappiness, out of happiness. I was just, <laughs> you know, I was on that Oliver Reed, you know, I was getting a reputation for being a bit like Oliver Reed. And I guess my whole personality is, right, you know, I'm kind of a, a Bristolian-Irish lad, right, you know, and... You know, I, I kind of like loved going out, but it was getting too much. It was just getting to the stage where I wasn't coming home for three days, right? You know, and kind of people were getting really worried and 
I, I kind of like was losing losing the plot on the reality of everything. And then what I decided to do was to sell my house in Brighton. It wasn't wasn't some big massive home home, just a normal little place just outside of Brighton. I sold it, and I really didn't know what to do after that. So I went down to Penzance, and I I rented a caravan for six weeks, and I basically was reading the local newspaper, and there was a chapel, an old Jehovah's Witness. My life is so weird. A whole Jehovah's Witness chapel came up for sale for 50 grand. And I went down, it had a new roof on it. It was in the center of Penzance, all right? And it had a huge stage area. And I just thought, oh, I can put the bed on there. I can put my speakers either side of it. <laughs> and I bought it. I just bought it cash, like, for the for the same money that I'd sold my house for in Brighton. And I just moved in there. I really literally didn't know what I was going to do. I just literally moved in there. And then after a few months of, like, coming back down to earth from the Brighton lifestyle, from the on you sound thing, whatever you want to call it, I started really coming back together as the old Gary, right? You know, and um, I decided, I thought, well, I've got to make a living somehow. So I opened it up. I, I opened it up as a and b for the surfers. Right. That's amazing. Well, I mean, it sounds easy, but, you know, I had to get, I, I got, I, I found some builders in the paper, Irish fella from, Liz, the lizard called Bob, Bob the Builder, Irish. <laughs> and I told him what I wanted, and basically I told him what money I had, and he said, oh, guess, mate, you're like 50% short of what you actually need financially to do this, put bedrooms in this, because it was just one huge room. Anyway, he put a gallery in there. Anyway, he basically said to me, look, if you pay me cash, I'll do the best I can for it. Yeah. So we agreed on uh, a cash thing. So anyway, we managed to get four bedrooms, a couple of en suite, and it was coming up to that period in our world when it was the eclipse, the last eclipse. Yeah. And Cornwall, like every B and B, was sold out in Cornwall to um, to cater for the, for the tourists, right? So I managed to get it open the night before the eclipse, and I just managed to get a um, a thing go up on the web on the internet, and I basically advertised it, and that's where it went. It kind of took off from there, Fantastic. and I ran that for about six years. Indeed, he did. So that is the third part of my interview. And there's the first, um, yes, I've still got one more part to go of that interview with Gary Clell, which I will play before the end of the show because it does get even better. This is Bim Sherman and the track called Lover's Lead. This is David Eastall. This is The C86 Show. I know it's a bit of a reggae vibe this week. Continue to be Thank you. 
Sherman and the track called Lovers Leave. This is David Eastall's C86 show. This is Future Radio 107.8 FM. And this is the last part of my interview with Gary Clell. And it just gets better and better. And then I was ended up partying all the time with the surfers, as you do. <laughs> and I thought, my God, right, you know, well, what am I going to do now, right? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to become more drinking more again, loving it more again. Um, and then an opportunity came up. I was to go to, um, to Brittany. Friend of mine had bought a fishing bought, bought a fishing boat that was going to be decommissioned. He was a captain in the Icelandic trawler scene, and okay, you no, know, this kind of sounds mental, doesn't it? So I went out there to give him a hand to do this old fishing trawler up, and I sold the chapel, and I lived out in 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 France in Brittany for a couple of years, just living on this old fishing boat, and then then and then I got to know a few people, and learned a little bit of French, and. Um, they found out what I used to do. And of course, the whole thing started again. I started doing sound systems again. <laughs> all over Brittany in, and then down, down to, to, through France and everything. And I did that. I ended up in the Pyrenees. And then I basically was running out of money from the house sale. And I thought, I've got to do something else again. And so I came back to Bristol. And this is how I got into social services. I bought a boat on the river at Kensham. I was in a bar in Bath. Someone recognised me, came up to me and said, Gary, well, um, what are you doing? And I told him the story, as I'm just telling you. And uh, basically, they asked me if I'd be interested in maybe working for a company called Julian House, which is a homeless shelter in Bath. Right. And I went for the interview, and I got the job. I ended up going to college to get MVQs and whatever and qualifications to do that sort of work. And I've been doing that sort of work now for 12 years. Well, there's been some hard times, right? I mean, I'm glossing over the, the times when, like, you know what I mean? You kind of, like, sat there on your own wondering what to do and whatever. And then it was this time where I, so so I started there in 2005, which is a homeless shelter in Bath. Um, and very, very loving the job, very hard work. You're dealing with alcohol abuse, crack, you know, heroin abuse. And then this is when Andy Chapman, the guy from Nail It to the Mask, contacted me and he just was so straight on the phone he got my phone number through my father my father rang me so this chap seems really decent bloke he's he just wants to speak to you and i said go on then and basically he just said to me look gary blah 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 i work for this year, but i've got this studio i make music but it's really boring i need you because i want you to make another album with me under your imagination and i have got the technology and i've got the brains to do what you want me to do Indeed, and that's the that's the far, final part of the interview with Gary Clell. So big thank you there, and uh, the whole interview was absolutely fantastic. So um, we've still got a bit more time on the show, and I haven't played anything today by Lee Scratch Perry. So I should definitely check this out. This is uh, the Devil Dead. Hey, Paulice, my name is Christ. 
There you go. Sadly, we're coming to the end of the show, so I'm going to have to slightly fade it there. And um, I do feel bad about it. But anyway, that was Lee Scratchberry and The Devil Dead. And that's from the um, album um, Time Boom 
Ex the Devil Dead. And uh, we used to love that and uh, jig around all the time. So anyway, that was um, that was the old days. And this is now, and this is David Eastall, and this is saying goodbye. Thank you ever so much for listening. And uh, do keep in touch. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. Just go to at C86show and you'll find me. And uh, one of the artists or one of the tracks that I spoke to um, with Gary Clell um, in for the interview, and big thank you for giving me the time, was this track, which is called The Game, which features the one and only Brian Moore. So hopefully you'll hear some of this before the end of the show. Otherwise, just listen to it again on Mixcloud. Such an economical user of the ball. 